This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get back to the series with the Braves. Because, like I said, to start the the podcast, the fact is that... Excuse me. The fact is that the Mets fans were nervous. They were scared. They were, they thought they were going to lose. I think Boomer and Gio were saying that they might lose the division at the end of the series. So the fact that they're two and a half back, uh, two and a half up again is amazing, but it's how they did it too. You know, Scherzer on Monday was phenomenal. Like we said, it was everything and more you want out of a guy that's fiery and whatnot. But then look at today. You know, Bassett goes on the mound, like I said, six goal, six innings of one run, six strikeouts. The hitting came alive, and Francisco Lindor continues to be a mirage. I say a mirage because a lot of people look at Francisco Lindor stats and go, oh, he sucks. He's spending 240 He's getting paid how much money? This guy's terrible. He's not getting on a base a lot. Look at his OPS. This guy's not good. I can't believe you wasted so much money on Francisco Lador. And then I look at the other thing. I go, we're 88 games into the season. He's got 64 RBIs. He had the 16th home run of the season this, this year. He's on pace for 120 RBIs. On pace for 30 home runs. And we're saying this guy sucks? I understand he got paid a ton of money. Take the money out of it. The guy's been phenomenal. His defense is superb. Anybody that sits there and can can knock him on his defense, first of all, is crazy. I see that guy make play after play after play. He's making plays at a deep play, a deep shortstop. He's making some amazing throws. He's got zip on the ball. He's got range. I don't understand what people are complaining about. You know, I, we always get on, on Tiki Tina, we always get Tony from Lodi calls and it goes, this guy sucks. How? I know he's not hitting 270, 280. But he's producing runs. Isn't that the most important thing? Like, I keep on saying this over and over and over, but at the end of the day, the, the objective of baseball is to score and manufacture more runs than the opposing team. So it takes your pitching staff and your defense to prevent runs. Offensively, you need to put up runs. Well, here's somebody, I don't know what what leaderboard is right now, but he's got, if what, Alonzo's now at 70, 71 RBIs. I think it's 70. And Lindor's got 64. So combined, you have two guys with 134 RBIs on the season so far. I think that's pretty freaking amazing. I think that's incredible, actually. For two guys on a team to be carrying a workload like that? I mean, if I look at some of these other teams combined, I, I wouldn't be surprised in a starting lineup that they may get to 134. It, it It's impressive. And yet, constantly being killed because last year he had a, a rough year. 
And I'm never going to knock that. First of all, I will say this over and over and over and over. When the Francisco Lador trade happened, I went, eh. I was not overly, outrageously ecstatic like some other people were. Not because I didn't like Francisco Lindor. I did not think he was necessary. When you have an offseason that is filled with, or the 2021 offseason, and now 2022 is going to be just as luxurious of an offseason with multiple top-end shortstops available in free agency. Why are you trading for one? That was my biggest issue with it. It's the same thing with the whole Edward Diaz nonsense. I never was upset that we got Edward Diaz. I was upset with the fact that they made a dumbass move by giving up a blue-chip prospect and taking on $120 million of Robinson Cano. That makes no sense. Do one or the other. Don't do both. Well, Francisco Lador, you brought him in. You trade a couple guys away. Listen, Ahmed Rosario and, and Jimenez... They've been fine. Rosario's doing okay. He's, he's hitting the ball a little bit too. I mean, I'm good for Cleveland. They got the better end of it as far as young, youthful players performing well. That's what they're looking for. They also have no budget. But Francisco Lador, I was not ready to give him a contract. I didn't think that was necessary. I said, let's make him earn it. He didn't. They didn't. And they gave him a huge contract. But he's here for 10 freaking years. I'm not ready to say that the guy needs to be, you know, kicked out of town. Give him some time. And again, last year wasn't a great year. Javi Baez made it worse. I thought this was going to crash and burn real quick. But then again, I remember Steve Cohen. Ton of faith in him. 100% total faith in Steve Cohen to right the ship. He doesn't accept losing well. And he'd find a way to make this work. First thing first, thank God they brought in Javi Baez. I forgot who it was. I think, I think even... Evan mentioned it. Thank God they brought him in because it was a nice experiment to see how bad Javi Baez was with Francisco Lindor and saved us the hassle of signing him to a long-term deal. Yeah, I understand it cost us a trip, uh, a prospect at uh, Crow Armstrong. That sucked, but at least I preferred dealing with that. I never wanted Javi Baez here to begin with. So now the fact that he's not here, that's good. And McNeil and Lindor healed, you know, healed their wounds and now they're better. In a better situation, better spot. But again, he should have earned a contract. He should have earned it. He didn't, so be it. Now he's here for 10 years and we're stuck with him. But I can't sit here and say, oh, this guy's awful and, and he's not holding up his end of the bargain. He's driven in 64 RBIs. 64 RBIs. He's hit 16 home runs. I, I don't understand what people are upset about with him. And again, his defense has been phenomenal. Now, listen, is he the leader of this team? I wouldn't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I don't. He's getting paid the most on the team, but he's not the leader of this team. So I don't know if that has to go hand in hand. Compare him to a Carlos Beltran, okay? Who I recently said should have his number retired in the Mets, you know, Hall of Fame or whatever you want to say, Ring of Honor. That's kind of pushing it, but if you look at Carlos Beltran's stats over seven or eight years with the Mets, he put up amazing numbers. He did a great job. But his personality sucked. He was this very low-key, quiet guy. He wasn't the leader. 
Lindor, on the other hand, is this over-the-top personality. He's got a lot of flair. He's got a lot of showmanship. But is he the leader? No. He's not the leader. I think last year we saw that, that he could not lead this team. The Mets, as a whole, couldn't be led by Francisco Lindor. So when you pay someone that much money, it's kind of like, oh, you want them to be the leader, but they're not. But Scherzer is. Pete Alonso, uh, that's still debatable too. It feels like, again, like it feels with his bat, like he puts the team on his back and he can try to win games that way. But is he a leader? Uh, he could be up there. If I had to pick a player, an offensive player, I would say it probably is Pete Alonso. But if if anything, it's Max Scherzer. It really is. That guy, team feeds to Max Scherzer. So in that sense, yeah, Lindor is a disappointment. He's, he is not the leader that they paid for. But as far as productivity goes, he has been doing a great job. And I can't sit there and complain about anything he's done. Yeah, his batting average is a little bit low. But I always talk about this too. And I, I made the comparison uh, on a show a couple weeks ago. I said, if you compare Giancarlo Stanton to Francisco Lindor, their production numbers, their offense. People killed me. Oh, well, Lador's played more games. And look at uh, Giancarlo Stan's OPS. Yes, there's always stats to back up whatever you want to say. Well, this is what I want to say. I want to say that you compare Lindor and Stanton. Now, I understand Stanton's getting paid less now. It's a more conservative contract compared to others. But you look at Stanton. And... His offensive production is is kind of like neck and neck with Lindor. And this is a power hitter. This is one of the best power hitters in the game. And Lindor is neck and neck with him. So, and I'm not trying to criticize Stan. I'm just making a point that Lindor, I never expected to be a power hitter. I never wanted Lindor to come in here to be this guy hitting 40, 50 home runs. No, you want him to spray the ball around, get some extra base hits, have a little bit of speed. He's got like nine stolen bases. You know, get some triples, which he had one yesterday versus the Braves on Tuesday, and they're lost. But you want him to spray the ball around. So, yeah, you're you're looking for a better batting average. But overall, Francisco Lindor has been a hell of, uh, of an addition to this year's team. Not last year's team, but this year's team. And his defense alone makes this a better squad. It truly does. And on the other hand, too, his personality is not that bad. Again, not a leader, but his personality, he's jovial, he's got that flair. It definitely helps. All right, so Mets again, like I said, two out of three of the Braves. Fantastic series win, much needed. And now you got the Cubs coming up. You know, you have to wrap this up in a nice, simple bow when it comes to, you know, the last few games before before the uh, All-Star break. You got a four-game series. The Cubs are terrible. They're, what, they're, the last 10 games, they've lost three of the last 10. And you just need them to, I don't want them, to, I need them to take three out of four here. That has to happen. This team is no good. Their pitching is brutal. If you recall when the uh, Cubs came to town versus the Yankees a few weeks ago, I mean, they got hammered. The amount of home runs those pitchers hit, gave up, 
was ridiculous. It was like a home run derby, which we'll get into in a couple minutes too. So it's this Cubs team is awful pitching. You can keep them in the ballpark. It's basically uh, Wilson Contreras, who was out for a little bit, so he's re- he's returned now a couple days ago, so he's back, healthy to go. Could that be someone that the Mets go for now that McCann's hurt? I really don't want to go that route, but that's someone you have to look at. You know, how does he handle the, the pitching staff? Is that something we, you know? This is a good a good test, a good idea to see what Wilson Contreras is. You see him up close. See if he's somebody that you really want to add to this this Mets team and what you'd be willing to give up. Because, again, I'm not giving a blue, trip, blue chip prospect for rental. It ain't happening. I'm not doing that. And if they're not calling Francisco Alvarez, you're going to sit with Tomas Nito. It's not ideal. You don't want Mazika coming up again. But that's that's the thing is, what other catcher are you going to bring in that's cheap? I, I, I'm just, I just don't know. I mean... It's Wilson Contreras is, is the is the guy right now. Um, besides that, you know, you see, you may see. Do we see Stroman at all? That's a possibility. We see might see Marcus Stroman, which would be interesting because have not seen. Now again, this is in Chicago, so to literally just see him by watching him on TV, not actually see him at a City Field, which would be more fun. Let's see. I know he was injured when uh, he was in town with the Cubs. Uh, back at Yankee Stadium, but let's see, Stroman. When is he scheduled to start? Oh, they're terrible. He pitched, oh, July 15th. There we go. So we will see Marcus Stroman. He actually, I mean, pitched four innings versus the Dodgers July 9th. I don't know if that was just because of, of, yeah, that was his first start back. Uh, He missed about a month. But he has been bad. They've been bad. They've been a very bad team. I'm not saying that they were expected to win anything at all, but they've just been brutal. The Chicago Cubs are 34-53. Terrible. 